Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Book and Films. I'm your host, Graham Cheen. With me, uh, not as always as he should be, is Stoby. Say hello, Stoby. Hello, Stoby. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> you were asking for that one. Hi, guys. I was. That's the thing. Uh, we are not doing a watch-along today. We are actually doing some fantasy booking, which uh, we wanted to do, or I wanted to do, ages ago. And uh, we did the Batman one, and that fucking stunk. I was not happy with it. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't invited back for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you weren't. You were the fault. You were completely <laughs> at fault. <laughs> uh, so we've we've looked at the, well, I say we've, I've looked at the format, we've shortened it down drastically, and we're going to try something else differently today. Uh, and we're going to be talking about, uh, Stoby, do you want to say? No, I never want to say it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Spider-Man three, uh, Spider-Man trilogy. Sorry, so that the Sam Raimi, Raimi trilogy with uh, Toby Maguire as Peter Parker. Okay, so as like the we'll get to that in a second. But the how are you doing anyway, dude? You I'm, you you're good. Yeah, I'm all good. All good. Making progress with the kitten and the cat today. So that was good. Um, what did you do? I, I fed uh, Tilly to Coco, so to speak. So I held her up to his face and, and he sniffed her for a bit and then he tried licking her, um, but she was having none of it. Uh, and then they ended up falling asleep near each other, which was progress. That um, is very good. And then when he went out, I held her up to him again and he had a wee sniff and then tried to bite her. Brilliant. So mm. still progress, still getting there. How's things for you? Good, I'm waiting for you to come and pick up this uh, cat, yeah, cat know, spray thing to calm them down. I'll try I'll try and Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday's going to be hard because I've got a job interview on Tuesday and then I'm meeting Wittick for uh, like a, a walk That's and, fine. Uh, while he's on holiday. That's fine, I was so, just trying to rush. I can do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday tu- or Sunday. Tuesday evening or something would be perfect. I, it would be evening, I'm working during the day. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so... We're wanting to get through this pretty quick to to get onto gears tonight. <laughs> my my gears chat dude is like the forum that the, there's a bad bug that's that's happened in our computer game that we play where you can't kick any players that are like abusing the game or abusing people or or you're just flat out annoying you. And they've took out the ability to kick them, so it's registered as a bug now. But I put a post on a forum. And it's actually picking up steam. Like people are Aye. still talking about, uh, still chatting away on the on the forum post, even though it's been what five days or so, five six days. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm quite happy about it. And the the actual problem that we're dealing with has been logged, so that's also good. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will work out for us later on in the long run. Depending. I mean a, I mean a, a chocolate chocolate orange cookie actually just now. So. Oh man, I'm if you, jealous. If you hear me eating, it's usually you eating biscuits. Yeah, not not in a recording. Only when we're playing gears. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking the the bug fix though won't be a priority if it's got any chance of impacting versus because them them yeah. the precious ones, not those uh, scummy horde players. Yeah, they are they are the precious ones. I mean, the problem with versus is that. You're not getting any. You're not getting any multi buys out of that. Like, there's no. All of your in-game purchases that you're getting from the game, they're all from the the PVE. They're all from Horde. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. all for the people that want to level up their character. You can't level up shit in ranked. 
or anything like that. You don't get anything for for paying the money. You just get fancy guns. skins. Yeah, and, yeah. And even then, you can get all the skins by just getting all the the in game coins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we should uh, save that for the the Gears of War podcast. That we're doing. <laughs> what do you want to call it? Behind the barbed wire. Yeah, that was it. Oh man, that was fucking good. That was good. Half cut Gene uh, wins again. That that was I played really good for a, a guy that was drunk. <laughs> I played very good. I usually when I when I drink alcohol, I play a game for like maybe five minutes and then I go, fuck this, let's get a crime documentary on the go. <laughs> and then that's me. But I enjoyed it. Uh I, d- I did very well. So we're oh, I'm knackered, by the way, dude. I went for a big walk today. That's why I'm I'm not feeling too pumped go? for the podcast. Uh, we went through the academy and the high school. All right, okay, cool. So we we walked down like a local park and then went up the resi, then went through academy, and then we're actually near Stu's house. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, hey, let's go, let's go say hi to Stu, and we'll just you know chat at the chat at his window or something. So as we're walking past, we could I can see I'm sure he's that house there. And sure enough, I see two people standing at the door talking to somebody, but we can't see who it was. And I said to uh, Wittek, like, wouldn't it be fucking awkward if that's too and he's he's got like a bunch of people all saying hello to him at the same time. So we walk further up and sure enough it's it's his house and he's chatting away with the people at the door, you know, because they're not allowed in. Mm-hmm. And I just shout, and he sees us, and I shout over, I was like, we're going to speak to you, but you see me have a cue. <laughs> and he was like, come back in five minutes. And I was like, maybe, but I, I, we didn't know which way we were going to be walking by that point. Mm-hmm. So we walked up through the high school, and then we got to the top of, fuck off. I've never been there. We got to the top of fuck off. Right. Uh, Is that near fuck all? Yes, right. just off of it. Right, cool. And uh, uh, it's just left of fuck right off. <laughs> it's the... <sighs> Anyhow, so we got to the top of like Newhouse Road and then he went one way and I went down to Tesco's and then bought like mayonnaise and eggs and stuff and then I walked back and I was just fucking shattered by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, fuck, I, I like... I was very close to saying that I wasn't wanting to do the pod. Right, okay. And and then I thought, no, that's a shame. Stobie's already had two pods. Like, if, if I cancelled, that'd be two pods that have been rescheduled. <laughs> this weekend. So I thought, no, I need to fucking do it. Ah, well, I appreciate it. Um, I guess my, right. my, big, my big question out of that whole story is, what caused the sudden outburst there? For what? Oh, uh, I got another notification saying that my computer needs to restart. Okay, yeah. As long as it's yeah. not within the next half hour, we should be all right. Oh, I don't know how. Like, as long as you can't hear it in a recording, I think we're okay. No, I didn't hear anything. Excellent. You'll just hear me shouting every now and then. <laughs> so the okay. best bit I liked was when, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Now, I don't know about you, but my first, uh, my first kind of like... Uh, dealings with spider-man and and how i remember it wasn't really like as like watching it as a child i remember watching the old cheapo spider-man tv made for tv movies right okay and then i remember it being like a sketch in the kenny everett show 
that I that I watched when I was like young, uh-huh. and that was the only fucking thing I had anything to do with Spider Man until uh, actually no, the Kenny Everett Show rerun that I watched was after when I watched it as a kid, and it was during that was it BBC I think it was BBC that showed it as Saturday morning Fox kind of cartoons. I so you think had so, but I think so you you're had maybe mixing that up with there was a Fantastic Four, Iron Man, and Incredible yeah, Hulk triple. But yes, but they switched in between. Oh, did they? Uh, uh, yeah. Ah, so right. they they had the Iron Man Fantastic Four one, and then when that season had finished, they switched to Spider Man. Ah, right. Okay, I can't remember. And there you go. And then <laughs> I think they had X Men as well that they jumped in and out of. Yeah, they were uh, they were kind of partnered up in a way because they they came out around the same time. I'm sure they were the same studio. It was all Fox, I think. Mm. Um, so I could, I could that be making that up though. That was like me going, oh, like I think I was maybe eleven, twelve, and I was like, oh, this is this is good. Spider Man's my favorite because <laughs> you had Batman, you had Superman, you you knew a little bit about the X Men. Nobody gave a fuck about Fantastic Four. Let's be oh, honest. Oh no, even now. And then you had Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the cool one. Mm-hmm. And it, that was, I hate spiders as well. And that was the thing that really resonated with me about Spider-Man was that it looked like so much fun to to be him. Not necessarily with all the teen drama and losing your girlfriends <laughs> angst, all the time. Angst, angst, <laughs> Yeah. Which we'll probably get into. Yep. But after that, my next kind of... My my next dealings with Spider Man was I didn't even watch the original Spider Man uh, with Tobey Maguire. I watched the the second one on oh. at the cinema. All right, yep. For a for a date, <laughs> and th- this this is the story that I was uh, that, I, that I said I had about the my uh, life with Spider Man was that it was my first date that I ever went on. It was in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and. I originally finished like like watching the movie and I thought, oh, this movie's fantastic. But I think it was just kind of like tinted with the fact that I went on, you know, a successful date. Uh, yes. And then I started working in a cinema in 2007, 2006. But then the summer of 2007 came along and then Spider-Man 3 came out. And then there was loads of reviews about how good it was and how, yeah, it's really good. What a, what a great end to the movie. And then the actual reviews from like proper cinema goers came in and it was like, oh God, no, this missed the mark so bad. <laughs> but also during that time in Spider-Man 2, they had the Spider-Man computer games that came out. Mm-hmm. And the first Spider-Man game wasn't that good because you couldn't touch the ground. Yeah. But then... The second Spider-Man game came out, and that move that game was fucking amazing. It was so good. I remember like just spending ages exploring, and yeah, it yeah. wasn't a proper two-scale New York or anything like that. But it was still so much fun to swing mm-hmm. around and just explore, and like you say, even just run around. And then yeah, you'd be like, that... "Gotta go, big jump and away," you know. <laughs> Stuff. Yeah, it was so good because like you want you felt like you were doing those things, mm-hmm. like. I remember they made a Hulk movie, uh, a Hulk game, sorry. And the game was like, oh, it's in Manhattan. And you're just running along the ground because 
you didn't have any like big jumps or whatever and you could eventually you could like knock down buildings but the whole idea of a sandbox game set in one city is you've got to have these crazy abilities like being able to fly run and jump and mm-hmm. and like swing along and the, the idea of being able to swing from tower to tower and and do all these crazy things where you could catch bad guys without even landing on the ground was was really fucking cool yeah. and i really enjoyed it and then spider-man 3 came out and its computer game was pretty much the same thing but with a couple of couple of different things thrown in like the black suit uh the venom suit for spider-man and uh, that wasn't as good but by that point my my kind of i don't want to say love affair but that's what my, was in my head you, you're kind of yeah. your friendship yeah, my friendship with Spider-Man kind of fell foul after the Tobey Maguire movie. Mm-hmm. And then the new ones came out with uh, Garfield, and then they were like high high expectations, and then they dropped drastically again. And then everything perked up and got much better with the whole MCU mm-hmm. Spider-Man with uh, the lad whose name is Tom Holland. Me. Tom Holland, thank you. <laughs> and... And it's it's looking all right for Spider Man just now. It went a bit ropey with the 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 Garfield ones, but it's on track now. What about you? Like, yeah. when was your first remembering of Spider Man? So to be honest, I do kind of connect with a lot of what you're saying there. My earliest memory of Spider Man is the theme tune from you know the 1967 cartoon mm-hmm. Spider Man, Spider Man, all that. That's that's yeah. my earliest memory of anything Spider Man related is I watched that cartoon don't remember a thing about it except the music but i watched that i think we had it on tape um and then yeah after that it was the the 94 show that you were talking about um and even after it had finished airing and stuff like you know you would try and catch it on tv like you say saturday mornings or whenever it was on you try and catch it and get the next episode um and it was brilliant there was five seasons of that and they were it was just you know almost continuous and it was brilliant yeah, uh, the storylines carried on. You got introduced to some of the more obscure characters, all the Madam Web stuff, things like that, and, and I loved yeah. it. I totally like loved all of it. Um, and even watching it like, years later, it's on Disney Plus now. I think um, it is. Yeah. I watched. I watched the first episode with Chloe, and it was the uh, enter, was it Enter the Lizard or something? It was the lizard was the first episode. Yes, and that's and where he rescues the the wife and the kid as well from the sewer or something like that, isn't it? I kind of got a feel it it felt just like Ghostbusters, like there was the guys walking into the sewer and they're like, Aah! and they were getting us get, and, <laughs> and I just look back at it going, I didn't I didn't remember it being this childish before, but you but, were at that time. Yeah, you didn't really think that much of it before, but. I should really just watch all of it again because that was good. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, with all the films and that, like you say, that's I, I completely relate to pretty much all you said. Um, Spider Man One was great. Spider Man Two for me, I went to. I was actually in New York the first time I watched it. I went to a cinema in New York with my brother to watch it. It was amazing. They had these big, huge, comfy seats. Um, they were like massive to us so probably tiny to the average american kidding americans i'm kidding um, <laughs> and and we were there and my brother's going oh that's where you were this morning you know and all these different like streets like when um oh man when doc ox steals them out of the cafe uh steals the mj out of the cafe um and he climbs up the building it's at a, 
street called, I think it's Astor Place. My brother was like, hey, you went shopping there this morning with your friend. Because I'd met my friend. No and I was way. like, that's like, ah, so cool. Um, and then I came back to Perth and went straight to the cinema again to watch it a second time. Uh, I That was my favourite of all those, of those three films. Spider-Man 2, absolute favourite. Um, mm. Amazing Spider-Man, I didn't actually watch it till I got it on DVD. So I never went to cinema or anything like that to see it. And I thought it was really, really good. They'd gone for a touch of Amazing Spider-Man, but a touch of Ultimate Spider-Man as well with it. And they were like, there's a lot of origin stuff rehashed, but they were doing things a little bit differently as well. And I really, really liked it. Um, Yeah. But Amazing Spider-Man 2 had the same problem as Spider-Man 3 in that they tried to do too much. There was there was just too much going on. Um, my my problem was I don't I think they focused too much on the stuff they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to set up the Sinister Six. Yeah, we we've got we're already for somebody. Okay, start again. <laughs> for somebody that is watching movies from say two thousand and four, and now it's I can't remember the, the the time of the second Amazing Spider Man movie, but that time frame we're sitting on our fifth movie our fifth Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. And we are still, oh, he's in a relationship. Will he, won't he? And it was like, can you not just change it a little bit? Yeah. And and mix it up. I do not need to see a fifth movie about teen angst and being upset about things. I want you balls deep in action and and have the the girlfriends in the periphery. Yes. They don't need to be front and center. Yeah. That's one of the weaknesses of all the films. You're right is the, the whole girlfriend thing. But that's almost central to the comics as well. Because, I mean, I've I've read from... Must be from about the Civil War to when he becomes CEO of Parker Industries and a bit beyond that, um, including Superior. That's all new to me, Chief. <laughs> um, but I guess the point is, throughout it all, there's always relationship problems. Even though he gets other things, so he, he becomes CEO of a massive... You know, a company like Stark Industries. Uh, how it was set up is a, is a funny story, but that's for another time. Um, but there's always the, the the love interest. There's always the the relationships the teen eyes, and that's that's kind of what I like about Spider Man is he his character right. He's got the strength of a spider. He's got the speed, so he's strong and he's fast. You know how many superheroes have got that? He's he's intelligent. He's really quick thinking. Mm-hmm. To a point, actually, that it is, it has been written and it is known that his IQ can rival Stark's, but his okay. problem is his confidence. He's always held back by his uh, lack of confidence and his sense of duty, and he just makes the wrong decisions all the time, which then mm-hmm. you know just always snowballs. And that's that's what I like about him because he could be he could be bland. He could just be wins every fight, you know, uh, turns up, wins, goes back to his job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's his human side. That was my chair. Sorry. <laughs> it was his humans. It's his human side that makes him relatable. Yeah. And he's, not, he's yeah. not indestructible. Exactly. At, at least emotionally. Okay. So in, in regards to like other characters, like in... In the eighties, you had Batman that kind of changed the the way for for comic book movies and and made them like uh, 
made them mainstream and made them big money spinners back then. It was, it, I think I've told you this before, but it was Batman that was the the thing that created the the, the 12 rating for movies. Right, okay. They created just for that movie. Uh, not just for that movie, but because of that movie, because there was a lot of humming and haying about, look, we're, we're looking to get these kids coming in to watch the movie and they might not necessarily be, uh, you know, 15 or 17 or whatever the age rating was in, in America and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we we want their money. So, and we're, we're showing you, we're showing you some violence, but it's not bad. It's not like really, really bad. Like, so they kind of created this middle ground for Batman. And then, pardon me, for the first Batman movie, sorry, for the first Spider-Man movie, changed the game again and created the 12A certificate, which meant that kids under the age of 12 can see it with an adult. Mm-hmm. So then that opens up a whole new... Because the violence in, say, the first Spider-Man with the uh, Green Goblin, it wasn't that... It wasn't bad. No. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't worthy of being a 12. There was no blood. There was there was a scene where he takes out his uh, uncle's murderer, um, and there's the scene where mm-hmm. Goblin impales himself because he's an idiot. Um, yeah, that that's probably the worst of it, and uh-huh. to have it and have that one scene affect the entire movie, and 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 to make them lose like a, a huge pile of of revenue because of that one scene. It's yeah. like this scene's incredibly important, and we can't have Spider Man killing Goblin, so no. he's got to kill himself somehow. Yeah. So how do we do that? And use the, you know they they thought it was a really cool way of having his Spidey sense kick in as as the goblin was trying to get him and then if he was to like fall off a, a building, he wouldn't have that moment where he's able to say to Spider-Man, like, don't tell, don't tell Ed Franco. Yeah. Don't tell Harry. So you've kind of booked yourself into a corner where you've got to have him be face to face with Spider-Man as he's dying. And he's not going to do that if he's just falling off a, a, like a, a th- like a 30 story building. He, he, he'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. remember that thing I told you about my son? Well, tell him I didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't work. No. So, and then you'd have to scoop him up and like drizzle him over the couch in Franco's uh, apartment and then have say, well, it had nothing to do with me, pal. Just imagine that, like shoving him onto the couch with a, a shovel type thing. Like, um, you know, when you're cooking pizza in a pizza oven. Like a pizza fucking dough <laughs> shovel. Yes. <laughs> You're just doing that little jittery motion to get him off of your shovel and onto the onto the couch, and, then just like, and it's like, give it a look, shake. We need we needed the movie to be a you, so he's flat as a pancake. I'm sorry. <laughs> no so they ha- yeah, they had to stab him. Uh, right, let's just since we're since we're at this point, let's go into the fantasy book inside of it for me. Yep, and then we'll yep. uh, we'll see how it goes. So I really liked watching watching them all back because I sat through one and two in one night and then it took me a while and I sat through three and I was fucking raging because <laughs> it was a long movie uh-huh. and it was it was two movies and yes. they were squeezed together and you know so explain why it felt like it was two movies so three was there was three villains basically so there was Harry who had got concussion or something like that after a fight with um, Spidey at the start. And he, forgot, he lost his memory. Good um, fight, that. Yeah, it was. It was that was good fun. 
Um, so we had him, and then there was all the stuff with that. Then there was Sandman. So he was the sort of underlying villain. He wasn't a villain, but he was a villain. And he became a villain, and then you know he's the he's the big bad at the end kind of thing. Um, and then you've got Hobgoblin coming and redeeming himself and whatnot. And that that's your film. But then there's this extra element that they were forced to add in by the studio, which was Venom. And mm-hmm. Venom, like, even then, my knowledge of Spider-Man was weaker back then, but, like, Venom is a massive part of the Spider-Man world and a massive, massive villain because apart from the fact he's really dangerous, he doesn't trigger Peter's spider sense. Ah, oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. So he, he can get the drop on him and he can't rely on the spider sense when he's taking him on. Um so Venom, the whole symbiote thing, the attaching to the Spidey suit, uh, you know, Parker being stronger, and then Flash's feelings of... No, not Flash. Um, uh, what's, what's it? Brock. Brock. Eddie Brock's feelings of resentment towards Parker because the symbiote actually wants to get back to Parker um, mm-hmm. because it feels a stronger bond with him as well. And like Brock is second fiddle almost. Um, yeah. All this stuff could have been explored. For, in two things. One, a separate movie. Two, anyone, and I mean anyone, but Topher Grace playing that part. Yeah. Yeah, this this was uh, a full production clusterfuck where you had... And I think the computer games had something to do with this because do you remember that Ultimate Spider-Man game? Yes. That game was very popular, but it also had Venom as a character. Right. And people really like playing as Venom in that game. Okay. And I think that might have had something to do with going, hey, look, Venom's cool. Everyone's talking about Venom. Let's let's like maybe think about adding Venom and, and stuff. And I think maybe the producers went, hey, Venom's cool. People people want to see it, so let's fucking give it to them. Yeah. And then you have this whole problem with that 70s show was peak TV round about that time as well. But also Toffer just started going, hey, I'm I'm really popular because of that 70s show and I want to start getting into movies. Nobody was watching it for him. No, no, they were watching <laughs> it for Hot Donna and Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, yeah. See, I preferred Hot Donna. Did you? Yeah. She was She was nice, but I mean, Mila Kunis. Mm. Mm. Can, can you say she's peak female? Are you allowed to say that? Well, I can. I can definitely tell you that you know when, like, girls... I say girls. This just makes me look real bad. <laughs> but you know how when some women peak when they're, like, in their 20s and stuff? Mm-hmm. And then guys peak at a much older age. Like, I, I'm I'm peaking right now. I'm gorgeous. And my girlfriend uh, keeps telling me every day. <laughs> but, like, seeing pictures of me at school as a teenager, like, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Or 17 years old as well. Yeah. Uh, Compared to how I am now, I look so much better now. But some, like some people, look better, hotter. Like, sorry, look better older. Mila Kunis, I think, looks better, much, much late, much, much later than she did in that seventies show, because she was like stupidly young mm-hmm. in that seventies show, and right, she okay. hadn't kind of aged properly. Mila Kunis in Forgetting Sarah Marshall absolutely gorgeous Mila Kunis in that 70s show not for me no no thank you Hot Donna in that 70s show hot as fuck Hot Donna in uh, Orange is the New Black no thank you 
<laughs> it just it's strange how it twists like that for certain people. And there, there you have it, the Chin scale of hotness. <laughs> yeah. From no thank you to hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, and this is me eating my. This is me eating my unprofessional cookie. There you go. Enjoy so, that, listeners. <laughs> um, Fuck it, I'll just power through. Nobody's listening for, to me. For the fantasy booking then, just before you go into that, I would say there's three, possibly four people that, for me, stand out as perfect casting. Um, and that, would you believe it's Aunt May and Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. first off, and... J, Jonah Jameson. I don't think yep. anyone could argue that anyone could play that better than J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons. <clears throat> Nobody could. Um, yeah. My fourth one would be, oh, I've forgotten his name, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't quite the unhinged, like, out, you know, like wild Doc Ock that you sometimes read. But I don't was, think he was European enough for me. Uh, he was he was very, very good still, I thought. Uh, mm. Do you not you, you disagree on that one? <sighs> I absolutely agree with you that most of the periphery characters were bang on, except yeah. uh, I even quite liked Franco. I, I thought Franco was drastically underused in the second one. Yes. And and used completely in the wrong way in the third one. <laughs> uh uh, Kirsten Dunst. Take it or leave it uh, that one for yeah, me. Yeah, just insert damsel in distress, and it's such a shame. And I'm glad, I'm glad movies have evolved now to not have this damsel in distress shit because mm. it's so fucking dated, and it just makes you hate the person that's constantly in distress. Yes, and. Uh, I could I could do without that. So insert anyone into there. She she was she was fine. She was fine. Uh, Alfred Molina was very good, but I felt his character made no sense. I felt it was underwhelming, and uh, two needed some boosting up, which is what the fantasy booking will explain. Okay. Uh, Toffer Grace, I completely agree with you. He was absolutely the worst choice for Venom. Even if you take the phys- physical aspect out of it, Toffer Grace's good points is his wit and his charm. And he was good as the slimy uh, guy that was trying to screw Toby Maguire over. Mm-hmm. But that's all it should have been. It should have been Toby Maguire getting fucked over by this guy at the at the Daily Planet. Daily Planet? Nope. <laughs> bugle, Daily Bugle. You've crossed over into DC, DC there. <laughs> so the Bugle. So he should have been there fucking him over. And then when uh, Toby Maguire gets all sassy and jazzy and then gets more confident, he then should have told Toffer Grace to get the you know fuck off and that you're a fraud. And then that should have been it. Mm. He should have had nothing to do with it. He was just there to, to make you... Uh, understand and realize that Toby Maguire's attitude has changed as a side character and no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Banks was really fucking good. 
Yeah, I mean, she, she wasn't in it very much, but you're she, right. Yeah. She wasn't, but the scenes that she was in were commanding. She she was confident. She had good back and forth with Tobey Maguire in, in all of the scenes. She had great timing with uh, uh, J. Jonah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, everything that she was in worked really well. I was very happy with her in it as well. Yep. Uh, the, the Sandman, I thought the guy playing the Sandman it was it was great it was really emotional his his creation scene where he he turns himself back into a body by reaching reaching over for his daughter's locket, um, locket mm-hmm. was so fucking heart-wrenching I, I had tears in my eyes when i was watching it because this guy is like i'm grains of sand now but i'm gonna do what i can for my daughter mm-hmm. that's fucking amazing yeah. that was so strong and he he really looked the part to be fair actually he's probably another one that's a good cast and he definitely looked the part um, and he's so different from uh have you seen georgia the jungle brendan fraser yeah so there is a and then there's the girlfriend uh, i can't remember her name but her guy that she's with beforehand that's him i don't know if you remember but he's so different in that and he's such a such a prick in that you know and uh, yeah you, i think i think I, uh, i've never seen georgia the jungle Oh, have you not? So he, right. He's a prick in, uh, in George of the Jungle. And he's very he? different from how he is. Yeah, and, and I love seeing that. I love seeing, like, I've only seen him in two things, but they're so different, and that's mm. what it should be like. That's what an actor should be like. You know, all these complaints about this person isn't from here, or this person is, does, hasn't seen this, or doesn't like this, they can't play the part. No, they can, mm-hmm. because it's fucking acting, you know? Yeah, Sorry. and he, he is. He seemed like he was a good actor uh, and and handled the role quite well. Mm. I, I was absolutely fine with him. Yeah. Uh, having him in the movie, however, is something that uh, I'll also discuss with the fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number one, uh, I was fine with number one, if I'm honest. Number two, I had some serious issues with Tobey Maguire's faces. <laughs> I, I didn't like how little action there was in it. I thought the reasoning behind Doc Doc Ock having the the reasoning behind Doc Ock uh, doing what he was doing was completely broken. Like they didn't go into too much detail one way or the other, so you just kind of got this grey mishmash of bad guy that needed money. He was being controlled it, by the, the arms who wanted to rebuild his thing, and so to rebuild it, he needed money. I don't know why he needed money. Why did the arms need apart. to rebuild his thing? Um, because I think it was a... It was something to do with, like, it was a hybrid of his thinking and their thinking or something like that. It was his yeah, this, this is the problem. His is that passion, yeah, that wasn't they, clear. They had this past. They had they had this idea of we need to build this infinite power source that can get controlled by our hands. That's fine, but what would that do? Like you killed your wife by accident because you couldn't control it. So your plan is to build a bigger one mm-hmm. and control it. Okay, so maybe you don't want your life work to be ruined. But what would your wife think? Now you're not thinking straight because you've got these robotic arms now, halfway controlling your mind, basically convincing you because each arm in the movie, and this is going back 15 years, so forgive me if I'm completely wrong, but I remember the director's commentary saying that each arm had a different style and attitude and temperament. <laughs> One hand was always a giving hand that would that would uh, take the glasses off and, and be caring and nurturing, and the other hand was the aggressive hand, and then they all had different personas. Mm. That's what they were going for. 
You say that so, wasn't clear because they all looked the same. That's that's the thing. You yeah. don't notice it, but when you hear it and you watch it again and you start to look for so it, you're like, ah, he's got six personalities in his brain and he he doesn't he's not thinking right and he's not four. he doesn't well know. five including his own there's only four oh yeah i said six didn't i yeah. oh, fuck it <laughs> so uh he he's got five personalities in his head and he's not knowing what to do mm-hmm. so there's my alarm again cunt <laughs> fuck off i know so make that more of a bigger deal like Having him just rebuild the thing for shits and giggles just doesn't make fucking sense. If you could hear what the arms were saying to him rather than him just replying to oh, them. Oh, yes. That would do it. That would be really good. That would be good. And he's still in my second one anyway, so that would still work out fine. <laughs> right. Okay. And the third one. Ugh. <sighs> Wrong Brock. Uh Brock should have been a side character to, like I've just said already. I think if Venom was going to be anyone, it should have been brought down by Jameson's son, who was the astronaut. Mm -hmm. And it should have been him who had hatred towards Toby for stealing Kirsten Dunst away from him in the second one. Right, okay, yep. Or he comes down... And then for some reason, uh, it, it goes from somebody else to somebody else. And then Flash from the first one comes back, yep. whose name is Magnialo. Joe Magnialo. Joe Man- Mag- Manginello or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the hot one from True Blood and, and Magic Mike. Apparently. Uh, no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he comes back to kind of like win back maybe... Kirsten Dunst and be pissed off at Tobey Maguire for stealing stealing her away in his eyes. And mm-hmm. then the 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 symbiote goes on to him or whatever. And then you've got a physically Superior. I don't want to say yeah. capable, physically similar guy to Brock, who isn't necessarily Brock, but he is still part of the Spideyverse, mm-hmm. who can command maybe a more Tom Hardy looking Venom, which I think they learned their lesson on. So here, here's something interesting. I don't know if you know, but do you know Flash Thompson became Venom in the comics? Fuck, there you go. Sorry. Right. So after he went, he went off to become a soldier. Uh, I can't remember if it was soldier, marine, seal, whatever it was. Um, but he ends up losing his legs. And he comes okay. back um, without his legs and he's frustrated, but he's dealing with it. And then a government experiment or some kind of scientist experiment, I can't remember the details, I wasn't expecting to have to, um, basically say to him, we've got symbiote, you could try it out. And so they basically control, he only gets limited exposure to it, but when he's got it, he, he's got legs again, basically, and he can control the symbiote really well eventually, but he's only allowed to bond with it for a set amount of time each time mm. so mm-hmm. that it doesn't like take over and stuff like that. And he becomes... Agent Venom, um, who's a hero. He's not a, not a villain. He is a hero. Uh, okay, and it is, it's quite an interesting take on the whole story. It's, it's completely that is, yeah. down. So they could they could twist it to just have if you have Flash as Venom in a movie, you can't really complain about that. No, like compared to what we got with Topher Grace. No, like, I mean anything would be better than that. Right. So for the first one, I wouldn't have 
anything to right proper into the fantasy book and now get us out of the way. Yep. For the first one, I wouldn't have anything changed because I I actually looking back at it, I think first was the best one. And I wouldn't change anything except that I would have Harry realise that it's Spider-Man at the end of the first one. Everything else would remain absolutely the same. Right. I think. Uh, maybe I... not with Captain Dunst. I, think I, I don't think I would have her fancying Spider-Man after... She didn't fancy Spider-Man after the first one, did she? Yeah, she did at the funeral. She did her back. Uh, at the funeral, she said he. she wanted him and he went, I can't. Can't, yeah. Right. So he did knock her back, right. So now we go into the second one. Now, Doc Ock is still there, but now Harry is driven with revenge way too soon because in the second one, he was nothing. He he was a bit part player and it was embarrassing. And I, I think he should have been funding Doc Ock, you know, who wanted to do this with the power things. But really what he was looking for was a way of being able to control tech better with the the same thing that clicks into his neck. Right. So he then he then uh, gets the stuff from Doc to then control the hoverboard better because he he's already aware that his dad has got all this shit. He finds that out sooner as well in number two. Mm-hmm. Gets all the tech, puts it into his head, and then he then starts to go crazy as well because of that and not necessarily the super soldier shit that was happening in the first one with the with the gas. Mm-hmm. So you get all that gas shit out the way that's making you go crazy. And now it's that it's that mind control problem with the connector at the back. So in the second one, I have Dunst still going out with Jameson, mm-hmm. uh, who's the astronaut, who then obviously goes up into space. Uh, you've got the same issue with Doc, but then you have a fight with Harry uh, at the at the end with Doc, kind of like a, a mix between the two of them because they're both working together. Right. Yep. Don't don't know how it happens. He he saves the day. Whatever. Then you go into, uh, but he doesn't want. I think Doc Doc lets himself die because he's learned his lesson. Maybe in the same the same way that he did it in the real movie because that was quite good, but. Harry doesn't learn his lesson because he's fucking pissed that he still thinks he killed his dad. Mm-hmm. And he is now in prison because Toby wouldn't kill uh, Franco. Yeah. So opening up the third one, you've got Spider-Man through the, the first two movies has not been going out with Kirsten Dunst at all. So you haven't been bored to death of that shit. <laughs> you then have... Jameson's son coming back down. Uh, he's got the symbiont on him or whatever. It's it's inside him. He's possessed or whatever. And he comes down. Shit happens where Toby and Dunst and the guy kind of meet up. And then Toby gets the, the symbiont on him. Yep. That's, you know, jazzy Spider-Man. <laughs> so we still get emo Parker. Doing I think so. And... I think so, dude. I I watched that back and I thought, fuck, man, this has been the only enjoyable part of this movie for me. <laughs> it's because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it it was ridiculous. But looking back at it now, and with what is rumored going forward, oh. it does put it puts puts things into some good context. Oh, the rumors carry on. We're, we will talk about that because that'll be in the, the legacy section. So. All while this is happening, all the while Peter Parker is dealing with uh, 
all the while Peter Parker is dealing with all the shit with Dunstan liking her but not being able to go out with her. Harry has employed, and you'll have to keep me right on this one, Craven the Hunter. Right, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. To hunt Spider-Man down and kill him. Okay, yeah. So Craven goes, I all right, I'll I'll give it a go. Craven then fights Peter Parker, but Parker's now got Spider-Man by this point. So they have a few back and forths. Parker's got wait, you mean the, the symbiote? The symbiote, yeah. Uh, he's got venom yeah i said spent right okay so (laughs) spider-man has got the venom suit so obviously he's going to beat craven no problem yep but then realizes that he was about to kill him or some shit and then gets rid of it because he he feels at this point it's the suit that's fighting him Mm -hmm. so he gets rid of it the 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 symbiote then goes maybe to flash maybe to somebody else i don't know i haven't booked it that well uh at this point or it goes back to Jameson and he becomes Brock. I don't care. Sorry, Venom. I don't care. Just the symbiote has to become something else. Yep. And then you have a three-way between Craven, Spider-Man, and Venom. And then shit kind of, they have like a halfway battle where all three of them are all fighting, doing something. But Venom gets away and Spider-Man gets away from Craven, And then they're all like, fuck, this just isn't working. We're going to be at... The, you know the shit all the time and it's going to end badly unless we work together and then craven and spider-man work together because craven wants to hunt venom more than he wants to hunt spider-man yeah, he, gives, mm-hmm. he gives he uh, gives harry back the money or whatever that he got paid and says i don't want your fucking money i want to catch that venom because i'm a hunter blah blah whatever so Harry's still pissed in prison because I don't like the idea. Of, I don't really like the idea of of villains dying because it it kind of like it doesn't feel comic booky to me. Yep. So Harry's still in prison, still wanting to get his justice. He can't use Kingpin because of copyright fucking reasons with the uh, Daredevil. Who was it? Yeah, with Daredevil. So then they have a final battle where they kill. Do they kill, or do they contain the venom thing, or does? I think, I think containment. They, is I think better. containment yeah. too, maybe. And then there's kind of like an uneasy truce between uh, Craven and such and such, and all of this kind of like you're thinking, okay, right, okay, Craven's let let bygones be bygones. Harry's in the prison. Venom is now contained. How do you have a good ending to the the trilogy of the movies is now when you finally get Peter Parker going out with Mary Jane Uh, right then. And And then that's the trilogy. But the thing is, it wasn't meant to be a trilogy. The fourth film was meant to go ahead. Uh, There was meant to be a fourth film. But I think think you're right, though. The containment of the symbiote at the end would be a much more interesting story because what happens in the Ultimate Spider-Man series is that Peter discovers that, oh, who is it? It is Eddie Brock. Um, him and Eddie were childhood friends and their parents worked together. And Peter discovers that his dad actually developed the symbiote um, as a cure for illnesses like cancer and things like that. So it was meant to work with your body, improve certain aspects of your body and make you healthy again. Okay. And, and, and they never perfected it and they were killed because of the research and all this sort of stuff. Um, but that, that idea of having it contained 
created this constant threat and paranoia that someone could get to it or someone could use it or something, you know, and things like that, mm. which could then lend itself to, you know, movie number six. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of keeping them at bay, but having them be able to kind of get out of whatever it is. Yeah, so instead of in. being out as the hobgoblin, you know, Harry's still in jail as the hand joblin instead. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, exactly. I, I definitely prefer the idea of Harry being crazy or going even, getting even more pissed off in prison rather than just getting a little scarred, being a little bit amnesia, being a little bit sneaky, and then having having a, a come to Jesus kind of fight at the end where mm. him and Toby work together. I just, uh, the, yeah. the, yeah, the producers just kind of, uh, they're not directors, but they would still want to make movies and some producers get it right. And some producers don't, but anyhow, yeah. so as far as, uh, as far as Spider-Man movies go, do you think that they're better than the Garfield movies or worse? So I would say that the first Andrew Garfield movie sits somewhere in the middle of them. Probably between, in terms of quality, like one and two are completely separate from three. And I think the Garfield, the first Garfield movie sits probably somewhere above three. Probably mm. quite high above three. I really enjoyed it, especially at the end. You know, at the end when everyone suddenly realizes Spider-Man's a hero and all the crane drivers turn just happen to be in the right oh, position. Man. And yeah, that was on good. The trains. Yeah, okay, it was ridiculous, but it was brilliant as well that they were all. Hey, supported. it's Spidey, and when you're we're in New York, we all gotta work together to help him. Exactly, it's you know, and that it, type it of cheesy, but I love cheesy superhero stuff. I really do. That's why I'm so mad on my hero academia. Because it is just it's fan service almost. It's cheesy, feel good. I aimed, still haven't watched that. I need aimed to. for teens, you know, fun. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that sits about there. Here's an interesting thing, though. Until Far From Home came out, so that was the most recent Tom Holland out in, mm-hmm. Spidey 3 was actually the highest grossing of all the Spider-Man films. I'm not surprised. That was the, because I worked in show business at the time. Uh, that was the ultimate summer summer of cinema. That was a belter of a fucking year where mm. everybody made money. They had they had Spider Man three, Pirates of the Caribbean at World Ends. They had Die Hard four. They had the Simpsons movie. Uh, I think Transformers was pretty close to it as well, or if not the same year, maybe the year after. Right. No, the same year. Was it same uh, year? It it was it was a fucking mental summer. Try not to think mental. about the fact it was thirteen years ago, um, and they but, haven't had a summer since then. <laughs> but um, in order, I mean, going by box office takings that I just quickly googled before this call, Far From Home's at the top. It broke the billion, but then it's Spidey Three, then it's Homecoming, then it's the first Spider Man, and then Spidey Two. Homecoming had a. a a difficult had had a difficult thing to, to kind of get over was that he had a good showing in Civil War, but everybody knew there was a stink of Sony, a stink of Sony on Spider Man, mm-hmm. yeah. and and they were they were hurt by it. And then Homecoming was like a sleeper hit because I didn't I say sleeper hit I didn't watch Homecoming until very late in its run at the cinema. I didn't and even go to the cinema. It was really good. The, the, 
there was quite a boring part in it in the middle where it was they were leading up to the actual homecoming event and then he knocked on the door of the girl he was going on a date with mm-hmm. and then it like spoilers the big reveal that the Fal- falcon vulture. was vulture was the was the dad of the girl that he fancied adrian tombs yeah thank you and when he opened the door i i was in the cinema and it was dead crying i was like oh <laughs> i proper sucked in air and it it, it it woke me up and i just turned to my friend and i was like fucking hell mm. whoa i didn't expect that and then it it you were ready for the the, the final sequence. You're the the final third of the movie. You're almost like oh, fucking yeah, pumped. Let's it, yeah. let's get uh, let's get going with it. I, but I, yeah, it was it was decent. I I enjoyed Homecoming. I really liked Far From Home. Yeah, I think that great. I think Tom Holland is absolutely spot on as Peter Parker. But at the same time, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, the way they portrayed him as well, easily fits in with any run of the comic books you find. So. Like mm-hmm. I say, Andrew Garfield is probably closer to Ultimate Spider-Man, but Maguire's is just as close to Amazing Spider-Man to normal Peter Parker or mm. Peter Palmer. If you read Spider-Man number three, I think it is somebody okay. who was right. Somebody who was writing it kept referring to him as Peter Palmer, and that after like oh, two issues no. where he'd been Parker. <laughs> um, uh. But but he he had um, kind of both their both their portrayals worked as Spider-Man. I think Holland's just works more because it's it's more modern, it's more dynamic, you know. He's, yeah. He's just and and yeah. Toby, sorry, dude. Toby, Toby Maguire's Spider Man was was geeky, and mm-hmm. that sat very well with Sam Raimi, who who wanted a kind of like he he wanted the jokes to be, oh, when he's not Spider Man, he's an embarrassment, but you you don't want to feel sorry from, uh, unless it's the sorry parts. Like he's made a mistake, mm-hmm. or he's upset, or he's let people down. You you want to love him in a oh when he's not got the mask on he's a geek, but when he's got the mask on he's he's you know confident and he's gonna and he had that mixture, and that was fine. I thought Garfield as Spider Man was really good. Yes, but really, as Peter Parker, yeah, as Peter Parker, oh fuck, did he annoy me? Yeah. Yeah, he was just so like like a just he just couldn't do angsty right, and he was just too angsty. And what I like about Tom Holland is that he's not angsty yet, and yeah. he's he's just geeky, and he's he's a, a bit of an embarrassment when he doesn't have the mask on. He's super cool when he has the mask on, but he's also not just fucking get over women, Jesus Christ. And I really like the back and forth that he has with the the new MJ. Yeah, uh, Zendaya. Like, oh, well, uh, I was kind of, okay, yeah. So you you knew it was me? Oh, right, well. And uh, I, I, I like the back and forth that they have where mm-hmm. he's so shy, but he's not, like, sad. Yeah. And I think... Yeah. It, I think uh, the MCU kind of like, influence. I think, I think, yeah, the Marvel Disney influence into that character has said, get the fucking sadness out. Ah. Have like little points, but 
don't go too crazy it in is, Sony. You're right. It's almost like the, the Disney, <laughs> like, you know, those Disney TV shows that you get mm. that all like cheese and pop, like sort of peppiness and stuff like that. It's almost like that in a way. Yeah, you're right. Could you imagine if every single Batman movie that we saw had him being sad about his parents dying every single time? Ah, uh, yeah. This is the problem. It's like you can only have one beginnings, but it feels like Spider-Man's beginnings is every single movie. <laughs> it just reminded me of the, the Riddler meme where it's like, what, it's got three holes and it goes down in an alley. Hmm. Like, My parents? No, bowling ball, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> right, uh, let's go on to the the last segment then. Uh, we're the sitting legacy. at 56 minutes. I honestly thought we would just go seven minutes per section. <laughs> the the uh, legacy. The legacy, yeah. See, I, I, I think this is interesting because you know how at the start I said the cartoons of Spider-Man and X-Men were kind of paired up in a way. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the trilogies were almost the same. Uh, like, Spider-Man and X-Men movies sh- sort of said to the world, look, you had Batman, that was good. You know, we had, um, we've had other superhero movies that Superman haven't quite taken stuff, off yeah. the same. You know, Blade, things like that. They never quite took off the same. Oh, hang then, on. Hush your mouth, sir. Blade was fantastic. Oh, it was, but it didn't... It was It was an 18. You know what I mean? It was It was aimed at adults. Yeah, and it was so about was, 10 years too soon. Yeah, and so Spider-Man and X-Men were like the films that opened up the box office and said, here you go. Superhero mm. movies are on their way. And I think they changed the game. And I think they gave the confidence that built up and built up and built up to the point of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like that pairing as well, how they took the most iconic character in the MCU and put him with the the basically the only character that Sony have got that is, is worth anything and said, right, you are now carrying the mantle of... If, if, you probably know how to explain it better, but you know when you're watching a movie and you're living vicariously through that person? Mm-hmm. Everyone was doing that with Tony. And... Yeah. And then when spoilers, when we look, when we lose Tony, and he forms this, fr- he forms this relationship with uh, Tom Holland, and then we are now with Tom Holland. We've now linked to him. We're yes. we're not giving a fuck about old, uh, old Captain America, substitute Captain America, mm. uh, Family Man, Hawkeye, uh, prequel Scarlett Johansson, which I'm looking forward to actually. Uh, yeah. We're fucking Hulk that's now, uh, what is it? Who's who Spanner or Brulk? <laughs> that took me a minute. I was like, who Spanner? What? Yeah, who's, who's? like whatever, whatever the fuck he is now. Right. Uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy are going to go off and do their thing. That's all fine as well. But it's it's Spider-Man where we're all like, yeah, let's get, let's get behind Spider-Man. Let's fucking go for this. We've, mm-hmm. we've really enjoyed this. So... And you, you'll be able to explain this better than me uh, from our previous conversation uh, on Gears about what is what is rumoured to be happening with Spider-Man. Do you want yeah. to go through that? Yeah, I think just before going to that, while you're talking about that sort of passing of the torch thing, um, that that's quite sort of prevalent in Marvel Comics. It always has been, you know, Thor became 
Jane or Jane Foster became Thor for a while. You know, Batman disappeared and Nightwing took on the cowl and you know mm. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's there's always that legacy and it keeps things fresh. And using that in the movies is the best device we've got. So we can't be resistant to that because there comes a point where certain actors cannot play their characters anymore. Yeah, so um, you've either got to evolve it or or, re- or, or reboot yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the rumours at the moment... So basically, Jamie Foxx came out and confirmed that he will be... He signed on for the third Spider-Man movie. We've also heard that Doctor Strange will be in that movie as well, which lends serious weight to the idea of a multiverse movie. So rumours are now rife that... Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have signed on to do Spider-Man 3. When I think it was it was a Canadian company, I think it was Entertainment Weekly Canadian or Entertainment Times or something in Canada, um, got in touch with Sony about it. They said, these, what was it? These castings haven't been confirmed. They didn't mm. say this isn't happening, but mm-hmm. they also didn't say they haven't been confirmed yet. They yeah. they just they kept it very loose. This hasn't been confirmed, but I mean the the, the internet is just going wild with rumors and likes of Boss Logic and folk like that are now coming out with. I'm sure it's Boss Logic coming out with images that are really cool, showing like an older Tobey Maguire with the facial hair, and then mm. you know Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland standing shoulder to shoulder against you know like <laughs> Electro and a big threat of some kind, and it just. If it's true, it could be either the most amazing thing since Infinity War or, or no, in fact, the most amazing thing since the first Avengers movie. Mm. Or it could be a massive disaster. Yeah, first Avengers movie. Like, Infinity War was amazing and that is the best Avengers movie of the lot. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> but the first Avengers, especially that moment when they finally gel and you've got oh. that sort of 360 sort of yeah. shot of them. Get, oh, yep. man. I tell you, I, I fucking love that movie. One yeah. one of the greatest feelings I I had when watching Marvel was like we did Iron Man. It was really popular and so forth, and went through all of them. Captain America wasn't he as popular as Iron Man? Nah, but the that's first expected. film was was. Oh, just, it, it was it, it wasn't was the best. Yeah, it, it's almost the worst Marvel movie for me. Uh, the the best moment for me, and I can't, I think it was after, yeah, it was after Avengers. It was when everyone was so worried about Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm sitting there watching this movie and it's in nowhere. And they're all flying around in a little mining uh, ships shooting each other. And uh, Gamora's trying to get away. And she gets captured and so forth. And they're, they're having a space fight and uh, fighting space. And I'm just thinking, fuck. Like, I was so worried about this movie. And it's so good because it's not, it's not worried about being a Marvel movie. It's just such a good sci-fi movie. Yeah. And I just thought this movie doesn't even need Marvel. It can just stand on its own. And they've done such a good fucking, like job of doing it and then i I just i had 
so much faith in Marvel, uh, like after that. And I think it was around about that time that maybe they bought the the Star Wars franchise as well. And then I thought, ah, it's okay. It's okay. Like they, they did well with Marvel. Disney will Disney will do Star Wars justice, and it'll be fine. <laughs> and then I I realized that it was all Feige that was the mastermind. And yeah. when you put somebody else in charge, they can fuck it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah uh, I don't know how we got onto that, but let's go back onto the legacy <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah, so let's hear your thoughts. When you were talking about the the rumors for the the next movie, my one question is: Is this just a vehicle to get the Spider Man movies away from Holland and onto uh, Miles Morales, and not necessarily have a cartoon Miles Morales, but a live action Miles Morales? If they're having like, is Miles Morales, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he but, becomes like Ultimate Spider Man after uh, Green Goblin beats Parker to death. Thank you. You're welcome. So they they have this thing where they've got all the old uh, Spider Mans. They've got the current Spider Man with Tom Holland. Surely they're just going okay we're contracted like you said they contracted holland for one more movie did i yeah you did not <laughs> on this chat it was in another talk right, ages okay. ago. so there's a good chance he might not sign on for another one especially if it's not got anything to do with marvel and so having this spider-verse movie opens the doors of possibilities opens the doors for them to just then start their own franchise out with of the uh, mcu that's what I, I'm thinking they're going to do. I think it's going to be great, this movie, with all the characters and stuff, but I feel like they might do Tom Holland dirty and uh, either kill him off or make him mean nothing. I or, don't know. Like, if you, can get, if you can get Tom Holland away from his Sony contract and back into the MCU and then have Sony go okay, we've got our Miles Morales, and then through some sort of contract negotiation, Sony let Marvel use that Spider-Man character. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect That's the perfect uh, outcome Outcome for both companies. But mm-hmm. Sony's not going to do that. Nah. See, I, I, I worry about that sort of line of thinking because you've got the Into the Spider-Verse movie, which is focused on Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ultimate Comics, you know, are Miles, although he's now... Uh, they were Miles. He's now in the main sort of run, if I remember rightly. I, I'm maybe making that up, but they definitely get together at some point um, after the world's kind of the universe is get um, condensed. Um, and then you've got the new game coming out as well, which is focused on Miles because um, mm. the first game introduces him. Um, and at the very, very, very end, you see him with some Spidey powers, which is pretty cool. Um, that game, by the way, if you ever get a chance to play it, is just unbelievable chloe's got uh, a playstation i'll uh, if i'm ever going to play it it'll be i've got console, kev's so. copy so <laughs> if um, if kev's all right with passing it over i'll bring it to you <laughs> when i come and collect that spray uh well we i mean if he's on tonight if we if we're actually going to be able to squeeze a game of gears in like if oh, we yeah, wrap right. it up like in the next no. five minutes yeah easy done thanks okay. guys for listening speak to you later bye yeah uh, oh hang on i need to do my outros first Right, so Stoby, do you have anywhere where they, where they can get uh, Well, if you're really, really desperate to follow me specifically, it's at dstoby on the Twitter and Instagram, but you're more likely to find all our good stuff at fcpod.net. 
where you'll find all the other podcasts from the, the Fair City Podcast Network, um, such as A Bloody Mess, You Want Sport. I'm having a total mind blank now in the science of fiction. Am I on there? The Perth Podcast. You are indeed on there. Fantasy Book and Films are on there as well. See, I had nothing to do with that. That's all you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm in the process of updating your page for it. Uh, you need to send know. me a blurb or something that I can put into the... I can put it. Get your fucking get your band to get do a blurb for me, but have them awkwardly mispronounce my name. Well, for for an intro, you mean like music? Yeah, like I hey, hey, Chine, uh, love the podcast. <laughs> I oh. like thanks, guys. Oh right, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I want that. I'm just joking. I, I, I know what you're talking about now. I thought you meant the intro music. I'm like, you've got intro music. I'm so confused. Yeah, I've got really, I've got really good. St- uh, intro music from Jason as well. I was going to say, who, who did your music? <laughs> I don't pretend to talk to him at the end of every podcast like uh, like you guys do. <laughs> Jason, play Sci-Fi. the music. Play like he music. just sits there awkwardly as you all argue about fucking science <laughs> things. And then he's, uh, I'm just here by my keyboard just waiting for the outro. <laughs> With, uh, I mean, that, that, that tune though, that's still... That is good. It is good. I still feel like I, I keep hearing Only Fools and Horses when I hear it. Oh, you've just ruined it for me. Do you, do you have you not noticed that? No. Like David Bowie LPs, something's bush, 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 no income tax, no garage. <laughs> so when he's when he's talking through all of the stuff at the at the end of Only Fools and Horses, I can uh-huh. get the uh, what's the word? Pick up the tricorder. <laughs> Pick up the tricorder. Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. Have a cup of tea. Bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no guarantee. That's it. Just feels it's it sets me up for the theme tune. Oh man, never even thought of that. Now, next time I hear that, I'm gonna be like, oh, Chain, thanks, Chain, thanks, Chain. Go get him, Chain. Uh, yeah, right. So let's go play some gears. Uh, you can you can catch me at. Fantasy Book and Films on Instagram. I do not have a Twitter or anything like that set up for it. Uh, what Stoby said about the FC Podnet. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, and you can listen to this on Spotify and Google Google Podcasts, which is good, but not as good as Spotify. But Spotify <laughs> has its issues as well. I prefer Stitcher, but I'm not on that. But that's purely because of my own laziness. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, hit that like, subscribe button, tell your friends. Yep, that's it. Uh, hopefully you actually like this fantasy book in rather than the Batman one. Don't listen to the Batman one. Just ignore that one. Just listen to this one twice. Yeah, yeah this one twice. 20 times. Go for it. I need the, need the views. <laughs> uh, dude, I've I've managed to stop looking at Anchor now, so okay. I have no idea what my views are or, or listens or anything. And that's when you start to just relax and enjoy it. Yeah, it feels, feels much less pressure. Mm-hmm. Right, let's go play Gears. I'll see you in five minutes on Xbox. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.